business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi. And uh, I got my blackjack gum here. And I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Come to the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs. <laughs> as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? everybody thanks for coming on and joining the old hollywood hangout i am david sitting over here david richardson that's right no box man here box man dies on this show <laughs> pretty fun pretty fun and but i do have my man i've got my main man smart what is going on brah what is that good sir oh not much man actually looking forward to doing this show um a while back, when I brought this show back, I said I wanted to talk more movies, music, and actors. And it seems like one of the only people that listened to me was Smark. <laughs> because he brought up this idea knowing I've been wanting to talk more music. And obviously we did the uh, you know, the uh, other concert, the uh, Family Values Tour, a few weeks ago, which I actually enjoyed. I thought that was a lot of fun, too. And now we're going back to some really good music again, though. Um, and we're going to talk some soundtracks tonight. Soundtracks. Indeed we are. Yes, yes. 
Yeah, yeah. Now I see I left my phone on a... All right. Oh, okay. They're all... Uh, your messages are coming through now. That came over on Messenger 10 minutes ago. Interesting. But uh, that's why I figured I would play probably one of the most identified uh, soundtrack songs, movies, you know, kind of, you know, this song goes with this movie, uh, The Eye of the Tiger. Rocky Three. Everyone knows Everyone knows it, right? For sure. I mean, you know, probably, like I said, one of the most identifiable out there. But um, we've got a few of our favorites to get into. I also found a little... Uh, little thing on youtube maybe we'll uh have a little fun with that they've got a hundred or so of um songs there from movies but it looks like me and smart did ours a little bit different tonight and uh, that's not going to be a problem it's actually going to be just fine not a big deal um i guess we can do plugs mark how's that sound sounds delightful then we'll get right into the music because uh I'm ready for this one, man. I really am. I really like talking music, and I think we're going to have a good time doing this. And soundtracks are even more fun because we get to talk about movies and music and mix it together and have a great time on the old Hollywood Hangout. I like it. I do. Yes, sir. I do. I do. So let's see. What song can I play here? Probably got one from a movie. No, I don't. But we'll just go ahead and play a little Pantera back in the the old background here. You can never go wrong with Pantera, can you? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. And, of course, that's going to lead me right into the high marks. That's right. It's Cheese Man. It's Mojo. It's G-Wiz. It's a great time. And it is on Mixer.com slash Metal Mint Network Sundays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You should be checking it out already. And, of course, right from there, we go to Bobby Anthem and Bobby Blades. They are the Inhumans on the Inhuman Experience. You definitely want to be listening to them, too. Anyway, you get your podcast from... Don't forget about Eric over there, Doug and Daniel on the Everything Unscripted podcast. I can't even keep up with all those goddamn shows. Just go to Blog Talk Radio, go wherever you get podcasts, look up Everything Unscripted, and you will find them. And, of course, Steve Milan sharing the show. A greatly appreciated letterboxdblxd.com slash Stephen Milan, two L's in Milan. That's where you're going to find him over there. He's reviewing movies. And don't forget to check out me and Smart Wednesday nights. Uh, right around 10, 10, 15 p.m. Eastern Time for the Dirt Sheet Dudes. Mixer.com slash Dirt Sheet Dudes. Go! That's it. Monday's 830 p.m. on the Metal Mint Podcast Network and wherever you get your podcasts. It's Cheese on Sports. Cheese, G-Wiz, Luke Birch, and myself. We are talking basketball. We're talking hockey. We're talking UFC football and more. So be sure to check us out. And Sunday's 2.30 p.m. on the Metal Mint Podcast Network on the Mixer Machine. It is the Mo Dirk City Machine Guns with Mojo and with Dirk. And last but never least, be sure to check out our friends at Planet Tour. So Planet Rack on Tour podcast of Bobby Anthem, Puppet Dave Sincere, and Yuck Nasty. All 16 episodes of Season 1 are available for you as well as Season 2, so be sure to subscribe. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. So there we go with that. We can go ahead and lower that music now. There we go. We got that out of the way. That's a good thing. Now, I said we were talking soundtracks, Mark. I actually, I actually went a little, like I said, I went a little different. I actually... I went to my physical media. Look at this. Mm-hmm. I have I, I I grabbed my CDs, and I went through them, and uh, found a few. I knew I had a ton of soundtracks because when I liked a movie, I would you know I liked the music in it. I would buy the soundtrack. So I actually have the actual CDs, but I don't want to try to play them because they're really shitty looking. So that's what we have YouTube for, right? 
Uh, right. <laughs> well, before we get super into all of that, let's talk about that for a minute. Mm-hmm. What are some of the, because I had a couple, I had a couple growing up too. And now I know that mine and yours are not going to uh, intertwine because I highly doubt that you had the Good Burger soundtrack. So yeah. with that being said, because I, I had the Good Burger soundtrack, I had 8 Mile soundtrack. Because okay. that was basically just everybody that was relevant in rap in about 2003. You had like Eminem, 50 Cent, Nas, Jay-Z, et cetera, et cetera. Oh. So I was just heavy hitter after heavy hitter. But um, what are some of the actual physical form musical soundtracks, soundtracks as it is that you have in your possession? Well, here's the stack of the rest of them. I actually have a few right here. I have the uh, the Pulp Fiction soundtrack right here. Ah, that was one of the first things that came to mind when we were talking about this. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find a song that I liked enough to send it your way, but well, we'll we'll this probably won't be the first time we do this because we'll see. I have the Spawn soundtrack right here. Here's Spawn. Let's nice. see. Spawn. Um, there was a few good songs on there. Detroit Rock City. Okay. I have, I have Detroit Rock City. Uh, a good one. I'm going to be honest with you. This was a good one when the old uh, ladies came over. The Sliver soundtrack. Okay. I like mm-hmm. it. Uh-huh. Got that right there. Now, and Strangeland, a movie I actually talked about. I actually have the soundtrack right here. Right there. Just to freak you out a little bit, I got the Natural Born Killer soundtrack. Hmm. <laughs> And I don't want to ruin anything, but I do have the Rocky Horror Picture Show soundtrack right here. Very nice. I had a couple more in there, but just didn't grab them. But um, I did have a couple more in there, and I forget which ones. But I do have some, you know, right there. But this is just a few of them that I've got. I know if I went through my digital one on my external hard drive, I'd find more. But um, (laughs) there you go. That's just some of the extras that I had hanging around. Very cool. So I don't know. You got a few more you can think of, or and I just—I I don't know if I necessarily have a couple more that I could think of off the top of my head. But it is—I do kind of miss the way that it was back in the day, where it would actually be—you know—the soundtracks would be there. They would actually have people that would like bands, groups, artists, whatever, mm-hmm. write music for the actual movies, and not just, hey, you know, we're making a movie. Here's like five or ten songs we actually, you know, that we did. Right. Which I'm going to be guilty of doing a couple of those later on, but I do miss like you know the, the themed music videos and the themed actual songs that were like written for the movies. Those are always really cool. Yeah, they were. You're right. And and you know what? It, it, if we're talking about soundtracks, we really have to just talk about one person. We really do, and that's Kenny Loggins. Hmm. In the '80s, this man created soundtracks for many movies. Top Gun, um, uh, he had so he the Caddyshack songs. He had songs in so many movies over the years. He was kind of known as the soundtrack singer for a little while, especially throughout the eighties. But you know, Footloose, Top Gun. I mean, just those three movies right there. But there are so many movies that he had. I don't have any of them to play. Well, we maybe get into them later. They're on that list that I was talking about. We may get into some of those later. But right now, we don't need to get into those. So, but Kenny Loggins was definitely a known man for movie soundtracks back in the day. It's very interesting because when you said that, it's very indicative of like what your taste in perhaps movies or music is. Uh-huh. Because when you said there's one name that's synonymous with music, I was Quincy Jones. Like, nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, them, him, yeah, him too, him too. Another 
uh, a band that I could think of that did two songs for movies was um, Oingo Boingo, if you remember them, the old 80s band. If you know the uh, Weird Science song, that was them singing it. Weird Science. Ooh, hmm. That was them. And if you've ever seen the movie Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield, they yeah. they were in the band singing in the party. They were actually singing uh, It's a Dead Man's Party. That's the song they mm-hmm. were singing. So I know they've been in a couple of movies and done songs for those, those movies. But, yeah, people, you're right. They used to write songs just for movies or, you know, just actual. I mean, like, Eye of the Tiger was written for Rocky Three. Right. Just like they came back for the next one and wrote Burning Heart for the fourth one, Survivor did. So, you know, it used to just be that way. You know, Kenny Loggins was the same way. They'd bring them back for things. They'd do this. They'd do that. But. I don't know. It seemed like Stallone was a very big fan of the band Survivor, obviously. One that always sticks out to me because I just because I like the movie, not so much for the song itself, but there's this, it's kind of up your alley because it's the 80s. Uh, Dream Warriors by uh, Dockin. It's for the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. It's one mm-hmm. of the, in my opinion, one of the best Nightmare on Elm Street, probably the best. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was another one that was like specifically written for the movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's so many of them. I mean, and you know, I mean, a, a few things that we'll probably get into tonight. Some of the bigger parts of the movie were the parts where the soundtrack was playing. Um, like I said, we did it a little different song. You just sent me some songs that you're that we'll play. I actually pulled up some actual soundtracks of movies. I didn't, we didn't really talk about this beforehand. We should have. But it's no big deal. We'll get it done either way, like I said. I'm just going to play a, you know, a little bit of a couple of songs off the soundtracks, and I'll play your songs. We'll get it done, and then we'll have some fun with the uh, just playing some good songs. I mean, come on. W- this would not be a soundtrack show if we don't play um, You're the Best Around <laughs> from the Karate Kid. <laughs> It just wouldn't be a soundtrack show if we don't get that out there at least one time tonight. You know what I mean? It just wouldn't. Just wouldn't. You know, that might even be another fucking show in and of itself is just montage songs. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely could be. Most definitely. I mean, shit, we just played one, but you the montage was going on in the background. You heard it. Mm-hmm. But don't worry. There's there's so many Rockies we could do that with. Uh <laughs> What are they on now? Rocky 8? Isn't that what Creed 3 is or something? Rocky 8, 9? I don't even know anymore. There's going to be one where he tries it at some point. Uh, where's the one where Rocky's <laughs> dead? Jesus Christ. Anyway. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, you know what? Let's go ahead and get into this. Let's see. You want uh, You want to go? You want me to go? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Uh, I can't remember what happened last time. Uh, uh, let's see. You can go. You can go, and then you can close us out. That seems like that works. All right. That means so. Um, that's me. All right. I uh, let's see. The first movie I started with was um, a movie called The Big Hit. You ever see this movie, Smark? I have not. All right. Nineteen ninety-eight. Mark Wahlberg, Lou Diamond Phillips, Christina Applegate. Uh, Avery, Avery, Bokeem Woodbine, Antonio Sabato Jr. I mean, Elliot Gould. I mean, I'm this is an all-star movie. I always was surprised that it didn't do better, but it was a funny little movie. They were, uh, 
they were hitmen, basically. And they kidnapped a girl named uh, her, uh, China Chow was the girl they kidnapped in the movie. And they kidnap her, and they're just kind of idiot kid. They're idiots. The whole way through, it's fucked up. They're just dumbasses doing everything wrong. And it's just a kind of a stupid little story. It ends up being that the girl is the goddaughter of their boss. Hmm. And Lou Diamond Phillips ends up setting up Mark Wahlberg. It's really a funny movie. It ends up being a love story. But it's a funny little movie. And there's some good songs in there. Um, like I said, I'll play a few seconds of a little bit of each one. Not each, but one or two of the good songs on there. So let's start with, uh, there's a song on there that I always liked, right in the beginning of the movie called I'm the Man by Bucko Nine. You ever heard this one? I have not. Yeah, here you go. There you go, Smart. Little I'm the man. I just think I might have heard that song before. It sounds vaguely familiar. You might have even seen this movie before and not known it. <laughs> that I don't think so, because it didn't sound familiar. I mean, there's been a couple of, I've seen a couple of movies that involve like kidnapping where things go awry, but I don't think I've ever seen this one specifically. All right. All right. There's actually even a couple of songs by Mark Wahlberg on here. But before we get to that, I've got to play a little bit of this one. And what is on this soundtrack? Of course, a little bit of Sugar Hill Gang. Dang. But I got to get through another three seconds before I can play it because there's an ad. And here we go. Everyone knows this one. That that song or something it, it is in a lot of movies, as we do know. Um, but uh, like I said, there actually is a song by Mark Wahlberg on there. I might as well play a little bit of it. It was called "Don't Sleep," and uh, here it is, a little bit of it. Real way. This is how it is coming out. The heat, hardcore like that, motherfucker. 
I know you're feeling me, mics getting hot with heat. Your insincerity makes you fall incomplete, and I'm not discreet. See, I tell you how it is, your whole damn fleet should be banned from the biz. Now there it is, I tell you blatantly, cause I've been waiting for y'all to leave patiently. No hating me, but y'all got to go. Leave the safe through keys, them jewels in the door, the outro. Before somebody go help you go. Alright, that's enough of that. So there you go. Not bad. Not bad. Very 90s music. Especially late 90s. Indeed, indeed. Um, I, I will warn you, if you do find this video on YouTube, um, there's many pictures of him and Calvin Klein's grabbing his junk. So, be, be, before, mm. before warned. <laughs> As one tends to do. By the by, since playing the Sugar Hill game, that, that song, there is a movie on Netflix called Sample This. Uh-huh. And it's about the bongo band, Apache. That's a song that's sampled on that song. And it's sampled in a lot of other mm-hmm. hip-hop songs. And there's, right. that's exactly what you, what you would think it would be about. It's a documentary that talks about the song and like the influence that it played on early hip-hop music and in general. So it's kind of cool. I haven't watched it yet, but it did sort of pique my interest. And I remember like looking through Netflix and seeing it and putting it on my list of movies to watch. And when you played that, it kind of jogged my memory. So I figured I'd throw that one out there for anybody that's interested. Very nice. Very, very nice. So, all right, that was mine, the big hit. Like I said, that that was, <laughs> I, I didn't know how we were doing this, but um, your first one's got me fucking excited. <laughs> I love this fucking song, man. <laughs> I love this movie yeah. and this song. Go yeah. ahead. You know, it's funny because I was sitting there thinking about it because we, you know, obviously we had planned this for a little while. We were talking about soundtracks that we liked and I was sitting there thinking, I was like, man, I got to, I I was having a little bit of a hard time trying to figure out which ones I wanted to add. And I was like, what are some movies that I like that have sort of an iconic soundtrack? And it kind of disappointed me that it took all the way up until today, until this one came into my head, (laughs) because it's actually my favorite movie of all time. And it does indeed have an iconic soundtrack. It's the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm -hmm. And I decided to be a little bit different. Obviously the one that would kind of stand out in everybody's mind is Time War. That's kind of been played out. Everybody knows about that one. I wanted to go with something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So this is the song that Meatloaf's character, Eddie, sings in the song, or not in the song, but in the movie, when he comes out. (laughs) called Hoppatootie Bless My Soul. There we go, man. All right. Here we go. You might catch me dancing. Because I apologize. I apologize. I apologize. But here we go.
I'm, I'm going to play the whole thing if I don't stop it now. Because it's <laughs> I love that fucking song. I love that movie. I love the, I mean, me and Anthony did the comparison between the two way back. Uh, you can check that out on ShadowEngine.com slash Hollywood Hangout. Um, and uh, I just, what a movie, what a soundtrack. I mean, really any song on there is great, you know, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, Tim Curry was amazing in that fucking movie. And just meatloaf you know we didn't get to see a lot of them obviously uh, <laughs> we got to see pieces yeah. of them but that's you know but um such a great movie and i i didn't know that was your like all-time favorite movie indeed it is yeah i was actually i was on the show with you guys when you guys did a regular mm-hmm. picture show so but yeah it's as absolutely okay. as i've seen it a countless number of times it's like one of the halloween traditions because it's not necessarily a horror movie but it it goes well aesthetically with everything so like every year yeah. at halloween i watch it up until the pandemic kicked in there was a local local ish like within driving range movie theater around here called the Athens Movie Palace in Athens, Tennessee, that they would show the Rocky Horror Picture Show every year. And I'd go mm. and check it out. So but actually been able to go see it in person with all the other crazy maniacs every couple of years and enjoy that. There's a guy who, God bless him, he fits in perfectly, but he's dressed head to toe as a wizard. Like, he has the hat, he has the wand, he has, like, the whole little outfit, the robe, which there is, in case anybody needs a refresher, there is no wizard or magic necessarily in the Raggy Horror Picture Show. Nope. But there's a guy who decides to make it his own thing and shows up every year dressed as a wizard. I saw somebody dressed up as Batman once, which I don't understand at all, but it it, just, it still fits into the spirit of the show somehow, so. Somehow. Good. Somehow. Now, I've also done that. Used to go to a place in Florida. They did it weekly. Every Saturday night at uh, 10.30 p.m., they would do it, and it was called the Carefree Theater, and we would go up there, and it was a fun time, man. It was a good time. We'd actually end up, we a couple times we actually ended up going out with the cast at the end of the show. Um, good times, man. Always good times when we did that, though. It was a lot of fun. It really was. So I've also done the live thing. I had a, you know, the virgins got to get up on stage and be made fun of, obviously. Mm-hmm. I was. I had to do a few Nothing bad. I had to actually lick milk off of a giant pair of fake boobs. Yeah, sounds like a fun afternoon. It was off, it, it, it was a girl that that I was doing it to. It was just a giant pair of fake boobs. Obviously, they didn't want me licking milk off her boobs. Uh, so even back then, there was sexual harassment. God damn it. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, it, it was a fun fun time, and we went back a few times after that, and uh, it was it was a good time. Yeah, they. They were good people, and the cast was a very, very fun to hang out with after. the um, Actually, there was a girl that played uh, Frankenfurter, and she was a 19-year-old girl and used to go out and hang out with us, and it was it was fun, man. We, we, we had great fucking times afterwards. For sure. Sounds like it. All right. Anyway, I've got a shot coming real quick. Ah, very nice. All right, a little bit of a Cayman Bay, I believe the name of the rum is. So Ooh, we we're doing rum now. I like little it. rum, little rum. I haven't had rum in a minute, but I do enjoy some. Actually, you know what? That's not true. I had some rum on my birthday, but that was in September, so well, it has still been a minute. My wife found one she liked called Diamond. Mm. Diamond something, but it's really good. It's incredibly smooth. Problem is, we only have two liquor stores around us here, 
and only one carries it, Specs, Specs Liquor. Um, and they're, they've been out for going on three months now. I keep looking. I can relate to that problem because yep. I'm kind of right there with you. Kind of, You're more rural than I am, but I'm still kind of fairly rural. And there was only about two liquor stores within driving distance around here. And before where I lived, there was – we had a Chattanooga Wine and Spirits is what it was called. And it was fucking phenomenal. It was like a warehouse mm. full of alcohol. You just – like pretty much anything you can think of. And I am somebody who enjoys a wide variety of like flavored vodkas. So okay. I am into some obscure shit from time to time. And they had everything you could possibly want, need, desire. And from there, now the local one that I go to, there's just a random parrot. Like, mm. that's it. Like, it's, you, you basically have your essentials, and then there's just, like, a bird that hangs out in the store, and I'd say it's weird, but it's awesome. There you go. You, you should probably buy either Parrot Bay or Captain Morgan. <laughs> you would think, right? Yeah. I mean, if I saw a parrot, the first thing I'm going for is some Parrot Bay and some orange juice. My stomach's going to be torn up, but, hey, life sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> go for some Parrot Bay. Oh, man. You there, there was one night I remember, like, long a little while back where I think we were doing like a movie show or we were just doing a Friday show or whatever. Mm-hmm. But anyways, after the fact, Anthony and I, we just sat there and talked for about like three or four hours after the show. And I just, one after the other kept making screwdrivers, mm-hmm. vodka and orange juice. Ooh. Ooh. I would be in pain the next day. Oh, it was great. I was playing video games while I was talking, man, getting drunk. I was multitasking. I was having myself just a time in my life. Not a bad idea, man. Not a bad idea at all. That mm-hmm. actually sounds like fun. That <laughs> oh, was a great night, for sure. <clears throat> I need to. You reminded me. I still haven't hooked up our PS4. Hmm. I know, man. We've had. We've. It's just been so tough getting moved into this house because I work so far away. She's been busy. She's been sick. I've been sick. You know, it, and the kids got sick for a couple, a little bit there. And with the baby, man, it's just been so hectic and. I'm exhausted by the time I get home from work, so it's tough for me to do anything, and I I don't know. It's just been tough getting completely moved in. We just haven't done everything yet. Our bedroom isn't even finished yet, dude. Right. I, know, I, know, I know that feeling. It, it's not an easy transition by any means, especially if you've lived in one particular place for a very long time. Ten years, man. Mm-hmm. We were there for ten years. I mean, but our three, all three kids all of our kids were born. You know, No, not not all three, actually. Two of our kids were born there in that, you know, so then grew up in that house. But we moved there when my oldest was two. So he grew up in that house, too. So all my kids grew up there, man. It was definitely a weird change. And But meanwhile, the kids are like in school and it's been in, they, they adapted well. You know, I got my one kid doing my older one doing wrestling. My other one just loves school. Like he gets upset when he when he's sick and has to miss school. That's that wasn't me. <laughs> That definitely wasn't me either, no. But that that's good, though, that they're adapting to it well. Yeah, yeah, I was worried, especially about my older one. He's a little, he can be a little antisocial. So I was really surprised when he said he wanted to join the wrestling team. I was like, huh? what? Nice. But he did, and he's having a great time at it. So, uh, so there you go. Now, I guess that means we have to go roll on back to some of our, uh, some of our little things here. Our little soundtracks. It, 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 um, oh, anything else you want to say on the Rocky Horror as we shift back? I, I don't want to. I, I don't know if you had anything you else you wanted to say on that 
soundtrack movie no, no, anything but just absolutely iconic like all like mm-hmm. you said there's not really a bad song in the bunch you could that's one of those where you could just put it on and just kind of listen to the entire thing and you almost feel like you watch the movie simultaneously mm-hmm. but love the movie love the soundtrack just good 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 top to bottom damn it janet i love you of course if you're in the theater you say damn it janet i want to screw See that I would say that is also very interesting. Like to be watching it in today's culture and climate, because like I said, up until the pandemic, I was going to see it, and it felt weird and but kind of freeing in a way in 2018, 2019 to be able to just yell the word "slut" at the top of your lungs with people side by side and everybody's having a good time. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really though, I mean, just just so many great songs, and you're right, and and you know they're all yelling stuff, they're throwing stuff, they're doing stuff during certain scenes. It's really cool to see. And, uh, you know, you can actually find some of those on YouTube, like the actual live shows recorded. And you you can watch them and see how much fun it would be to be at one of those. And really, if you look in your area, you're probably going to find one somewhere within 30 to 45 minutes of you. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, you just got to take a, you just got to look for it and, you know, it, it'll pop up. I mean, we've even got one around here that's been an hour from me, but right now fucking everything is an hour from me, it feels like. So, all right. All right. There you go. Awesome movie. Awesome soundtrack. Like I said, you could have picked any song and I I would have been fucking excited about it because I love that soundtrack and I love that movie. Uh, obviously, I have the soundtrack. I pointed it out at the beginning there. So, we're going to go to another. Um, we did mention that I had the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. I also have another one of uh, Quentin Tarantino, the Reservoir Dogs soundtrack, Smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Reservoir Dogs, a really great movie, a 1992 movie back from, you know, doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but man, it was back that far. And I mean, Harvey Keitel, Tim Roth, Michael Madsen, Chris Penn, Lawrence Turney as the boss, Steve Buscemi. I talked about this movie a few weeks ago. Um, and even Quentin Tarantino was in this movie. Uh, and we even had the voice of Stephen Wright, comedian Stephen Wright in this movie. Uh, but so just a, a really, really good movie. But also the soundtrack. Now, see, Stephen Wright was the DJ in the movie. And there were some pretty damn good songs. Now, I'm going through this and I'm like, my God, I'm not even sure what I want to play. But I can play you a little bit. Now, some of this is, I mean, some of these songs aren't exactly like what you would jam down the road listening to. But the soundtrack went with the movie so well. Um, and here you go. Let me go ahead and start with this song right here. I'll play, like I said, maybe two, maybe three of them. But uh, let me stop the ad from playing. Oh, well, good. There's no sound to the ad. It's going to be over in about one second. And here we go. Let's do this. Come on, YouTube. Nope, another ad. Mute. God damn it. YouTube fucks with you sometimes, man. Here we go. Do it my way. Outside in the night. 
bag, a little, little green bag by the George Baker section. Like I said, it's not something you might jam in your car, but it's something you'd sit at home chill to. That that I would that, that that's kind of what I used to do to this album. All right, want one more? Sure, let's do it. Little Joe Tex, I got ya. Let me get the volume going here. Here we go. Uh-huh, uh, you thought I didn't see your knife, didn't you? Uh-huh, uh, you tried to sneak by me now, didn't you? Uh-huh, uh, now give me what you promised me. Give it here, come on! Joe Tex for you. Now, I asked my dad about Joe Tex, and basically he said he was kind of a, you can sort of hear, he was a James Brown ripoff, kind of. Oh, yes. You can definitely hear that. Yeah. I was getting a, I was getting a lot of uh, James Brown vibes, a little bit of like, and I know it's before him, but a little bit of the rapper mystical as well, but that's still kind of in the vein of James Brown, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess so. I guess so. A little bit, but uh, again, a little kind of, you know, Pretty funky soundtrack to in this movie, definitely. Um, I'll play a little bit of one more, a little Harry Nilsson song, the Coconut song. Got to remember this one. more good songs on this soundtrack that is actually another one all four that i'm talking about tonight i have the actual soundtrack for on cd well you remember back in the day when you used to buy those things um walk you know you'd walk into best buy and just walk around there for hours it was great man it really was it was awesome i do miss going to best buy i had a good time with best buy there had been even back in the day there would even be like the actual like record cd stores Mm. i didn't have a lot of time in there because even when i was young that was right coming to an end but i think we had like a tower records or some shit i don't remember but there's definitely some other like assorted stores we had one called media play that was always really good they had a lot of cds music games and whatnot yeah we still have a sam moon here Hmm. Oh, that's what it was. It was a Sam Goodies. It wasn't 
Okay. You said Sam Moon, and it kind of jogged my memory. We didn't have a Tower Records. We had the Sam Goodies. Yeah, okay. We have a Sam Moon, and we still have a, we have a place called Half Price Books that does CDs, and they still have records. Fucking records. Actual records. Vinyl. Have you ever so. heard of – there's a place called Second Charles. It's like a chain. Hmm. And uh, it's got like used – like pretty much everything, just use media, use books, games, movies, CDs, whatnot. They just put one up over where I'm at. I haven't gotten to go yet, and I'm not really familiar with, like, I've never been to one of them, but it, it sounds like it'd be kind of in the vein of that. Seems like it'd be kind of a cool place to check out and peruse. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I it probably would be. I've never heard of it. We don't have any here that I know of. We could. I just don't know, but... It's owned by one of those book chains. I can't remember if it's Barnes & Noble or... Uh, Hmm. I, I, I'm going to say Barnes and Noble because it's the only one that's coming to my mind. <laughs> I think there's Barnes and Noble and Borders. Remember Borders books? I don't know if they're, they're still around either. I don't think they are. That's why I paused because that was the only other one that was coming up. Yeah, yeah, they were all just the start to the <laughs> hipster. Anyway, um, so Mark, let's just jump into one of yours before I say something I'm going to regret later. Uh, <laughs> there you go. You fucking hipsters and your flannels. Anywho's, I, I enjoy me some flannels. Um, okay, so this one's kind of dual purpose, the uh -huh. second one that I have. Because not only was this in a movie that I enjoy, it's one of my, I would probably say, top five movies, but it is also a sort of a video game soundtrack because this was also featured a lot in the uh, video game Grand Theft Auto 3 so it was something that I spent countless hours of my youth hearing and experiencing while I was you know shooting prostitutes and whatnot having myself just the time of my life it's mm -hmm. uh, from the Scarface soundtrack it's push it to the limit now we were talking about montage songs and yes. for my money this might this this might kind of kickstart a debate but for my money in terms of montage songs you can't do any better than this oh yeah this is a good one this is most definitely a good one i'm not sure you're gonna get a, a, a bad argument out of me for this one um this is definitely a good one and i'm gonna go ahead and hit play on it man song at that sir 
Indeed, indeed. Right, Some little... Giorgio Marauder there for you. He also did the Midnight Express theme, so that's like another movie tie-in. It's also a wrestling tie-in, like fulfilling all obligations here with this. There you go. Absolutely, man. Yeah, definitely a good song. I swear that song's been in another movie, too. Uh, I, I can't say for sure about movies, but like I said, I do remember like pretty much the entirety of the Scarface soundtrack was in Grand Theft Auto, either Grand Theft Auto 3 or Vice City at some point. So I spent a lot of time, a lot of time in my youth being surrounded by those songs in particular. So it seemed necessary to include that on the list. Yeah, it looks like that was the only movie it was in, but maybe I'm thinking Grand Theft Auto also. Maybe that's what I'm thinking, but uh, yeah, definitely... That's pretty much the main movie that it was in. <laughs> Looks like it might have been in a South Park episode too at one point. At one point, <laughs> I think it was. Yeah, they did. South Park definitely they enjoyed those montage type songs because that movie that uh, Team America was like it was littered with them. Oh yeah, 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 definitely, man. But Scarface is a, a man. That's a that's another movie that. That might have to be a two-parter also when we do that movie. Like 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 I was talking with Live Aid. That might have to be a two-parter at one point. Um, that would be a tough movie to go through. There's so much to go through in that movie. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's a lot. I'm not usually a fan of lengthier movies, but that one does the trick for me. I haven't seen it in its entirety in a minute, but I have watched it a couple of times all the way through. It was on Hulu. I think they took it off. But uh, it was on Hulu for a while. I particularly love nothing more than when they play it on television because it's, it's a very much a condensed version. And you also get some very colorful edits. You do. They say when when the fuck yous come up, it's thank you. It's thank you. Thank you, Manny. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, thank you, you mother lover. <laughs> they edit in fucking fun dip instead of cocaine. There's actually a like whole article about the guy who did that and was like he's he had been dying to edit it for television for years 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 and years and they finally let him do it um but there's a whole article about it and he was like i can't believe they let me do this some of these are ridiculous but they they let me do it and uh yeah there there, there is there is a, a whole thing up about that guy who was uh behind that whole thing yeah, it's pretty interesting. I might have to give that a read sometime. There you go. Um, all right, but yeah, Scarface, man, I I can't say enough good about that movie. I mean, that, that's I mean, you've just given us two iconic movies in so many different ways, right there. You know, you got the first movie that you gave us was the Rocky Horror, and which is iconic in sort of a cult, you know, cult uh, fashion kind of way. It's sort of just kind of that niche thing. And then Scarface, which is just like world renowned as a great movie, mm -hmm. you know, very iconic, much so. yeah, iconic in a in a whole different way. And I mean, Jesus Christ, fucking Pacino is iconic anyway, in my opinion. For sure, love Pacino. I mean, one of us plays. I mean, we've done the you know when we do the scene stealers, he's in many of them. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, he's hell of a promo, even as an actor. He knows what he's doing. There's a man that could be a great wrestling man. Oh, I'm just kidding. He's not going to be a good manager. But um, definitely, definitely a great movie. And my guy, I mean, Pacino, you could name so many great movies. I've been watching one on Hulu, uh, The Recruit, 
where he's a CIA recruiter. Him mm-hmm. and um, uh, Fer- Colin Farrell. I can't remember. You might have even done a show on it, so pardon me no. if this is the case. But have you seen The Irishman? I haven't yet. I, I haven't say because I'm I'm kind of interested, but it, it's like three and a half hours or something, and it's just that's too much for me. It's there. It's on my list. My my Netflix list. It is on there, but so is so many other things, and that's the problem. <laughs> I have so I'm many. I'm trying things. my best to make my way through my Netflix list because I went. I had like 55 titles on there. Mm-hmm. I've gotten it down to like 30 something, but then it's easy to fall in that trap of, Oh, this looks good. Oh, that looks good. You have a bunch of them. You never watch any of them. Yeah. I know, man. And then, but at least Netflix, when the movie's gone, they just, it's gone from your list. Hulu keeps it on yeah. there. Yeah. Hulu will just let you know, you can't watch it again by not having the play button there anymore. And it's like, you know, just fucking take it off my list. Yeah, because it, it false hope. Because you're like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I'll check yeah. it out, and then, nope, no, you will not. Oh, don't worry, I'll find a way. Um, I've got Cody. <laughs> hey. I'll find a way to watch that movie. Um, and I also have thousands of movies on an external hard drive too. So anyway, let's not discuss that. Um, but anyway, I guess we can jump into my next one here, Smart. Um. I kind of stuck with the 90s again. I don't know why. I was not going for a 90s theme or anything. Not, I mean, We didn't have any years or genres or anything like that. But I just kind of, I mean, I'll be honest, and I've said this many times, I really stopped listening to music in the late 90s, early 2000s because I just didn't like the new music coming out, number one. And I really found talk radio, which I've loved forever. So... You know, but I found a cool talk radio station, and I just kind of stayed tuned into it for for you know. And I still pull them up on iHeart every now and then, and and play it. You know, play the shows I used to listen to. A couple of them are still on there, so good to listen to it. Little ninety four point three real radio. There you go. I remember I used to. I would. Stay, I just always, even from when I was early on as a kid, I would stay up super late, two, three, four in the morning. And I would be listening to the radio, but you know, at that point, pretty much everybody's gone home. So, like, there's no real, like, live people around. So I fell into the trap for a long time of, like, just listening to talk radio because it just seemed like those were the only people that were awake when I still was. Mm-hmm. So I ended up listening to a lot of, like, coast-to-coast AM, even though I don't believe in really any of that, like, conspiracy theory, extraterrestrial type shit. I just I had a fun time listening to some of the whack jobs I would call in. <laughs> so that was that was a fun in and of itself. Yeah, and I mean, I was an opium anthony fan and they were huge in the mid 90s late 90s and early 2000s even i was a big opie and anthony fan and i had sirius xm so i would listen to them i would listen to ron bennington and then when all that was over you know i would be right in the middle of this show called the love docs the love doctors and no they they weren't actual doctors and they didn't really talk about relationships very much it was just kind of a uh caller driven topic show whatever the callers wanted to talk about that's what they would talk about so, in relation to that, in, at least in terms of the name, did you ever listen to Love Line? I never did. That was Adam Carolla and that Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew. I, I, Absolutely, yeah. I never listened to it. I had seen some clips of it here and there come out, but I never really tuned in or listened or even watched it. I believe it was a television show at some point, wasn't it? That I don't know of, but I know a lot when I was 
still living in Chicago, they would play it like every night on Q101. Or not Q101. Uh, yeah, I think it might have been actually, yeah, Q101. Because hmm. that was the alternative rock station in Chicago at the time. And I would listen to it because I would like sneak away and I'd be in my room listening to it on the radio because it was like, I was fucking like nine or ten years old. They were talking about sex in New York. I wasn't allowed to hear about that stuff. So I was like, oh, this is fascinating. Ah, there you go. Yeah, of course. Everything you're not supposed to listen to, you you, you end up listening to. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I just kind of got into talk radio and started listening to it. And I loved it. Always did. I mean, my dad would listen to a show called Neil Rogers, um, you know, an AM radio uh, guy in Miami. Uh, he's He's been gone for years. Uh, passed away years ago. But uh, it was great. It was always great. You know, he'd listen to it. And definitely some fun times, man. Um, this You ever heard of Phil Hendry? I have. Okay. Have you ever watched a show called The Unit? He's in the last two seasons as the program director of a radio station. But he's a, he was a radio host, talk radio host. What he would do is he would do voices. Like he would pretend to be himself interviewing himself as another character. I'll tell you what, one night I'll actually, we should get into him one night because he's actually a very talented guy. Uh, I actually have a signed CD from him. I won on, I, I believe it or not, I won it on Twitter. Yeah, very nice. He put out a movie quote once and I was the first one to guess it. And he's like, I'm going to send you a CD, DM me, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, right. Motherfucker, if four days later, that CD didn't come in the goddamn mail, signed by him. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. He uh, The quote was from a Dirty Harry movie. It was, um, do you really want $300 worth? Every penny's worth. And it's, I don't know if you've ever seen the Dirty Harry, but the guy paid someone to beat his ass to set up Clint Eastwood. Mm. And uh, great, great scene, great movie, great quote. And I got one of those. But Phil Hendry was another guy who was huge down there. And he was, people would call him so pissed off that didn't get the gimmick. And because he would get pretty racy and pretty edgy. We could probably find some on YouTube. Maybe, maybe we're not going to do that tonight. Maybe one night we'll do that. But um, I could play some of his CD. It's basically a best of CD of his. And uh, we could have some fun with that. But he just, he was, he would piss people off. And they didn't realize it was him interviewing himself as a character. So this is like the Andy Kaufman situation? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But the guy is incredibly talented. And uh, I don't know, man. Just love talk radio. Always found different shows to listen to. AM, FM, always had something to listen to. And when I got XM, it was like 24-7. Basically, I could listen to that Opie and Anthony channel because they had, like I said, Ron Bennington. Uh, they would have uh, Patrice O'Neill had a show on there every now and then. Uh, Jim Norton had shows on there. It was just really cool to be listening to that station at that time um, before Opie and Anthony had the, you know, whatever happened to Anthony. Um, <laughs> I know what happened. We're not going to get into it. Anyway. <laughs> Doing solid work. <laughs> no, I mean, everyone knows what happened to him. It's public knowledge. Um, he got into an argument with a lady and they fired him. It's basically what happened. Not gonna I mean, he's got his own shit going on still. But oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He was one of the first, one of the early subscription-based video podcasts out there. I mean, he had this set up before. 
in his home. He was actually doing shows from his home. He had the green screen and everything. And, you know, he was doing shows from his home before he got fired. So I think he was looking, I'm not sure if he was looking to get fired, but I think he was prepared to be fired. At any Speaking moment. of getting into fights with women and, well, not physical, but arguments with women and being an early subscription radio service, you familiar with Tom Likas at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was one of those early adopters, too, sort of, because he ended up kind of getting booted off terrestrial radio and found his way onto yeah. internet radio. But used to listen to that's him. That's a hell of a character, too. Yep, my dad used to turn him on. Um, who's the other one that I really like? Jason Ellis? Not familiar with him, but... MMA, MMA fighter. He, um, I think he's Australian, I believe, but he's uh, he's just another crazy kind of one of those, you know, uh, um, kind of one of those um, adrenaline junkies, and um, good, 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 good talk show host. He's back on air too, um, and I see Man Cow is back on air. He's got his own little thing going on. Uh, YouTube and everywhere. See, I, I never, I knew who he was because, again, from Chicago, Chicago radio, I so obviously knew who Manco was. I just never really fucked with Manco. It just never piqued my interest for whatever reason. Yeah, you know what? Let's uh, let's save this whole thing because talk radio could be a whole other show. Yeah, absolutely. Could. Uh, as we're talking, I'm like, man, I've got like 10 more shows I could talk about right now that I've listened to. So let's, uh, let's save that. We'll do talk radio one night, me and you. Absolutely, man. I would love that. I would absolutely fucking love to do that. That's a great fucking, it was a good, uh, that was a good little conversation to bring us into that idea. Nice. Very nice. So we'll do that. One, like I said, though, to rewind a little, kind of stuck in the nineties. My last movie is not nineties. It's. You know, it's from 89. <laughs> Leave me alone. Don't judge me, motherfucker. Um, but you're going to like my pick here, Smart. I picked Clerks. Yeah. Oh, it's actually very funny that you mentioned that because that was, it was kind of floating around in my brain, too, because I was thinking of a couple of songs that were on there. It's a pretty solid soundtrack, too. But I already picked it for one of my scene stealer picks, so I didn't want to stage is perpetually floating around in that realm but there's a damn solid soundtrack well there you go i've got a few songs that i personally loved on that soundtrack (laughs) (laughs) i i I could guarantee you it will not be this one because it's clerks two and not clerks one but one of the ones that was one of the ones that i will forever remember it's not the it's not the movie that it originated in but the goodbye horses scene in clerks two with oh. Jason Mew. Oh my God, that is fucking phenomenal. Obviously, you know, it's from Silence of the Lambs, but just, yeah. the, it starts playing on the bone box. Just, oh. Ooh, I like so. Man, Jason Mew's, it's, 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 there's a sad story. I need to, I need to talk about it. Really? He's doing all right for himself. He is now. He's, believe it or not, every, he pretty much streams every day on Twitch. Hmm. So like he's really? staying sober because you can see him and you know that he's not fucked up. But uh, that's good. <laughs> big into Fortnite is Jason Hughes. Good man. I'm glad he's doing well and staying sober because he's a really, really. I mean, think about. I mean, he's a very talented actor. The fact that he's kind of. I mean, not even kind of. He's kind of just typecast as Kevin Smith's buddy is pretty sad because he really could go out there and do some really, really funny movie roles. 
Yeah. I mean, he, he made a good, he made, like, obviously he did have his problems addiction and whatnot, but like, yeah, for somebody who wasn't a trained actor, he, he did pretty well for himself. Absolutely. Absolutely. But definitely a, a very talented dude. Funny, funny as hell. Um, I don't know how many times we've talked about this movie. We got Brian O'Halloran in it, Jeff Anderson, um, Marion Gigliotti, who she's been a part of the old, uh, great scenes also once or twice, Kevin Smith, Scott Mosier. Uh, many, many people in this movie, Jason Mewes, who we talked about, obviously, but, um, so many, you know, great movie with so many quotable scenes, but the soundtrack also is great. And I'm going to go ahead and jump into my first song here by, uh, uh, Supernova, Supernova, I thought it was, isn't, I thought, anyway, Chewbacca, I honestly can't see the screen and I don't have my glasses, so... <laughs> Forgive my old ass, and I'm going to play the song, and we'll just go. Hold on, there's a a commercial anyway. (laughs) Give me a second here. I can't see who the fucking name is. I can look. I have it on my Spotify. I've got the CD in front of me. Give me a second. Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Fun song. I actually always used to play this song in the car just for the hell of it when I had people in the car and we would just fucking have a good time. And I always did a, a little Chewbacca's little noise when I was at the bar. Um, me and another dude uh, named Tony would just kind of go back and forth after we got pretty drunk. He'd be at the other end of the bar and he would just hear me go. <laughs> and he would reciprocate. We also used to woo to each other from across the bar, too. So, you know, it's okay. Nice. I, I may have told this story before, but it, like this is the ultimate sort of mean-spiritedness. But I was in high school at the time, so mm. kids are evil, and it is what it is. I'm kind of perpetual anyway. But there was a girl that I went to high school with who was an otherwise pretty attractive woman. She, was, she looked good. She was smart, whatever. But, like, she had exceptionally hairy forearms. Like we're talking some Robin Williams type shit. So any any time that me and like one or two of my friends who were in on the joke were like in her vicinity, if she was in a class with us, eating lunch with us, whatever, we would just go because <laughs> we, we named her Chewbacca, and like it was like she. I don't think she knew about it. I hope not because that was just a terrible thing to do to somebody. But there is my uh, story involving Chewbacca. There you go. What a Wookie. Uh, but that was always mm-hmm. a fun song. I played it at like every party I had, and just to start making Chewbacca sounds, I believe that this, this is on video. I really need to transfer that VHS over to digital one day. I really do. Um, that could be a fun, fun time. But uh, 
and that one could go on. Funny that you picked that though, because that was actually one of the ones that was floating around in my head. Really? Because it's just it's a fun song. It's a novelty song, but it's a fun song. And there's a couple of other well songs from the soundtrack that are pretty good. You got uh, the, the Alice in Chains song mm-hmm. they use. Got yeah. me wrong from when uh, Randall's coming in, he, like his introduction into the movie. That's it. Times out well perfectly to that. There's a couple of other ones. I'm looking at the. Uh, I pulled it up on Apple Music. All the list of the songs that are on the Clerks well, soundtrack. We also get a good version of Berserker. Mm-hmm. I will play that for you right now. That's enough Berserker. But like you said, there's many more good songs on that album. But I just kind of went with the two novelty songs because uh, we're just having fun here, right? It's good songs. Yeah, most definitely, man. Most definitely some good songs right there. But uh, that was it. Like I thought, I mean, we've said so much about Clerks and the movie and the 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 scenes from it. Like I said, the, a clerk scene pretty much ends up in one of our scene stealers almost every time, too. Um it's just, I mean, the, the like I said, such a quotable movie. And again, I don't know why I stuck in the 90s, but uh, I just kind of ended up doing that. And like I said, I went through my CDs. That's probably why I stuck in the 90s and decided to just pull four CDs out of my stack of, uh, of that. I, I thought that would be a good way to do it. I didn't really want to go online and look at a list and be like, oh, yeah, that's that's a good one. I said, fuck this. I'm going deep in them, in, into my shit. Digging through the vault. Give him a little bit of me, bro. Yeah, I also fought off the urge to do that too because I wanted to just like type in soundtracks, be like, "Oh yeah, that is what I like." But it was like it just that you do that, and you get the ones that everybody else mentions. So it's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of why I didn't do it. But um, maybe next time. Uh, <laughs> Like I said, I've got actually, I've got more soundtracks, and on my digital library, I do have definitely a lot more soundtracks that uh, aren't on CD form. So I've got plenty more that I can get into that I enjoy. But uh, all right, Smart, let's go ahead and just uh, go right into your next one. I've got it ready whenever you are. Let me know when you're ready, man. Well, it's funny that this ends up working out. It's kind of serendipitous in the coincidence department. But uh, I picked a newer movie, but it is a movie that is drenched in 90s nostalgia. So we're keeping the 90s theme going on here. It's a movie called Fear. Well, it's not it's a three-part movie, but it's uh, Fear Street. came out on Netflix this summer. Okay. So you have, it's a movie that's set in the 90s, it's set in the 70s, and then it's set in another time period. But I, it's without giving anything away, you can't really talk too much more about that, but it just kind of goes from time period to time period. These three different distinct time periods, it just switches back and forth and it ties it in pretty well. But uh, the first, the first uh, 
the first movie is set in the 90s, so you get a lot of just fucking, you know, pretty much anything in, that was popular in rap or in alt-rock in the 90s was on in this movie. You got some Nine Inch Nails, you got some Cypress Hill, Radiohead, Snoop Dogg, White Zombie, Fugees were in this. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, basically, <laughs> it was almost, it almost doubled, the movie almost doubled as one of those, like, like retrospectives of 90s music just anything that you might have listened to back in the day right was prominent in this movie but um the second part the second part of the movie like i said it switches from the 90s to the 70s and the movie starts off with the david bowie version of the song mm. and then it ends they go back into the 90s and they close it and they tie everything together by doing this version of the song it's a nirvana song called the man who sold the world here we go. Yeah. And just to let everyone know, so you're not wondering, this is the MTV Unplugged version. Here we go. There you go. Man, I uh they don't still do these unplugged anymore, do they? Actually, I don't know. I think they were starting to make a comeback with that. Let me just have to make sure that I'm right, but I was They should I think man. pre-pandemic they started doing some more unplugged. All right. They're they 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 were great. And let's just lay one thing out that I think we're uh, we we're not gonna uh, play Nirvana without saying these guys ushered in a whole new generation of music in the 90s. They honestly did. Nirvana did. Kurt Cobain himself did. Ushered in the whole grunge, you know, grunge scene, grunge generation, grunge culture, whatever you want. But they completely ushered in a whole new era of music in the in the 90s. I mean, you really can't take that away from these from Nirvana. Yeah, so actually, believe it or not, okay. they're, they're doing it up until this day, right? Because awesome. uh, 2021, they're doing they've done ten episodes into the 2021 season. Okay, um, good. They're really giving me some fucking. It's making it almost impossible the way that the MTV website is to navigate. But um, I don't think it's really anything that would necessarily pique our interest because season 2021 episode 10 is BTS the k-pop band and then they did a season in 2020 and the only video that they have on their website that's available is uh Ivy cyrus so i'm going to be passing on both of those it's yeah quite what it used to be as as they say as they say but um you know like i said i mean obviously we all know what happened there to kurt cobain um well do we <laughs> 
smart. Do we know what? <laughs> we all have an idea. Do we know what happened? Because there's obviously the 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 old conspiracy theory that you know Courtney Love may have had him killed, and I've always said that that song she did the doll eyes song very much sounded like a nirvana song but anyway um i don't know there's there's theories out there but obviously it right was ruled suicide and we'll leave it at that but um what a like i said completely changed music in the 90s ushered in a whole new grunge era and i mean shit people still dress like this what the fuck i mean <laughs> It's very comfortable, I would say. Oh. I do very much still wear flannels, so I, I I got a couple. They're nice. They're they're good to have here. It gets cold, so. But I I'm just kind of oh, okay. I'm more of a jeans t-shirt guy. That's about it. I'll hit you. And I, I didn't think about this because I, I was like, as we're talking here, I was looking at uh, the MTV Unplugged like Wikipedia page. It was actually sort of. Again, to use the word serendipitous, the way this ended up happening, you got the pandemic coming in, so everybody was doing things from home. So they got the idea of, like, hey, let's bring back Unplugged. You can have the artist do it at home. It fits the Unplugged format. So that's kind of cool. I'm looking at who was that because they had the 2020. I found the, uh, on Wikipedia the 2020 get lineup. There's not a terrible lot of people who would pique my interest, but it's, it's a cool concept of like having them bring back some plug and doing it with the artists hanging out at home. Yeah, I will say one of the, I mean, if you want to bring up you know something cool that I saw during the pandemic was you'd see a lot of bands posting on their pages, them just standing at home on Zoom or something, and they were produced into just doing their songs live, all from <laughs> different studios. I saw a bunch of those on Facebook and even on YouTube. I saw a bunch of those yeah, kind of, I guess they were Zoom collaborations or whatever, but it was pretty cool. I mean, even I even saw one with Journey where you saw um, the, the, the guy from American Idol, Randy, was playing the bass on there. Yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah, there was some cool stuff, and it had the, um, and it was the, it, I believe it was actually the, 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 the Asian guy singing that. People said he was gone, but he was singing. Hmm. Actually, you know what? Scott Perry? No, no, the other guy. Uh, see, I don't know what his name is. There's another guy that, that that sings for Journey, because Scott Perry actually had a uh, degenerative hip disease, and he has a hard is time. Is he the guy who uh, was in the cover band that they like promoted? I don't think so. I don't know, and I, <laughs> I, I wasn't prepared to talk about Journey, obviously, but um, good stuff there, man good stuff from that but it, it, that was one of the cool things i did see during the pandemic was those things right there and you know i mean I, I mean even i know you don't like him but i mean even jimmy buffett held a concert and he was having people during the concert like call in from home and talk about you know when they you know, how they listen to jimmy buffett and this and that and it was pretty you know those were some cool things too seeing people doing that so like i said i know you're not a buffett fan but you know i'm gonna take a just a jumping guess as to how to pronounce his name, but Arnel Pineda, I believe, is the gentleman that you're looking for. It says he's a Filipino singer and songwriter. That's probably him. He's listed as a current member of Journey. There you go. That's probably exactly who it is. But um, I guess back to, I mean, a little bit about Nirvana. I mean, and, and, you know, just so many great songs by them, such a great band. I haven't seen the show that you were talking about, so I can't really jump into that with you, but it sounds like you saw it. It sounds pretty cool. Like, 
sounds like I need to watch it. I would definitely recommend the first part. It's mm-hmm. like I said, it's a three part. It's three different movies, and for the most part, it all ties together. But you can you can enjoy the first one on its own. I feel like, but it, it's very much a '90s love letter to the '90s, and then the second one it takes place in the '70s. So that's also. If you're fond of that decade, you get your own, a little bit of a nice nostalgia hit on that one as well. But there's some peaks and valleys, but I really enjoyed the first part, part one of Fear Street. I really enjoyed it this year. Nice. Very nice, man. But uh, great song. And like I said, those those unplugged back in the 90s were so fucking great, man, because you had such great bands back then. I, I, I you know, I've, 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 a lot of times I always say that the 90s kind of ruined music because the music was so goddamn good. I hope everyone lets me finish that sentence before they freak out. The music was so good in the 90s, it kind of ruined music for anything after, in my opinion. I think more than any, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that in a sense, but I think it's just a matter of after the 90s, like, you know, file sharing became so prevalent True. that people stopped making money off of music. And unless you were like a band or an artist that fit the formula, a very specific cookie cutter formula that would for sure make record labels money, they, they were less willing to take chances on like more eccentric acts. So like in the nineties, you had pretty much fucking any, you know, like any weirdo could have at least a hit song be famous for a couple months. There's more of a period of experimentation. I feel like. Oh, the eighties are about the same. You can, I mean, how many one-hit wonders could you go through the eighties? And that's that'll be another one we do. One-hit wonders from the eighties. There you go. That, yeah, I mean, especially you know, like synth pop was coming into a play around that period. I love so it. So you had a lot of fucking weirdos with synthesizers. Just, I love it. Oof. Oh yeah, I do too. I, I, I mean, it was a wild time. Some of those one-hit wonders are great, and I'll still fucking jam their songs, man. I'm, I was jamming a Tainted Love in the car today with my my uh, kid when we went to get haircuts. So, <laughs> I mean, they're kind of a one-hit wonder that band. I uh, really they are. So, but um, I guess we can get into uh, hit my last one, and then um, so we end on you, right? Yeah, that's fine. That'll work. That'll work. That'll work. All right. You ready, Mark? Let's do it. Well, like I said, I kind of went a little bit even more back. I went to 1989. And now I have, we did do a show on this movie, Smart. Uh, I believe actually Bobby was on for this show, the Eddie and the Cruisers show that we did. But I didn't go with the first one. I actually went with Eddie and the Cruisers 2, Eddie Lives. I actually liked the soundtrack in the second movie better. It was a little more rock and roll then the first one was a little more kind of the 50s music. But this movie stars Michael Pere, uh, who is has been in many, many movies. Not a ton of movies, but he's done a lot of stuff. Uh, believe it or not, if you go on, um, I believe we talked about, um, I talked about him in the, oh, we did a Steven Seagal movie, a newer one. And he was in it. He was the bad guy in the movie. He was the villain in the movie. Um but uh, he's in it, um, in this movie, and it's just a great little movie. Um, and in this one, he comes back. If you remember in the first one, he dies. They tell you the whole story of him dying, and in the second one, he does come back because uh, otherwise it wouldn't be named Eddie Lives, right, Smart? Mm-hmm. Right. It would just be called Eddie, Eddie and the Cruisers again, which 
you know, you can't do that. <laughs> Eddie and the Cruisers, comma, again. Eddie and the Cruisers, Eddie and the Cruisers, again. Exactly. You can't do that. You just can't do that. So, But I really, like I said, I felt like this was a better soundtrack. I thought it was more, just a little bit more rock and roll than the first one. Like I said, the, I didn't mind the first one. You know, On the Dark Side was an incredibly huge song by, and the voice of this is actually a band called the John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. Um. Michael Pere, actually, believe it or not, did for a while make a living going out and trying to sing these songs. Mm. And it didn't work out that well for him, unfortunately. But uh, the actual band did, uh, was John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. They actually did New Year's Eve. Uh, the real band did a New Year's Eve one night on MTV back in the day. I forget what year it was, but uh, it was right after the first movie came out. And... Um, they did on the dark side and a few other of their songs, but uh, they're they're a really good band. And I'll tell you what the the good the the crazy thing about this movie is the actor matches the voice of the singer very very well. But if you look at the singer, he doesn't match the the real singer doesn't match the voice at all. <laughs> really, he doesn't. He doesn't match it at all. But. Um, I'll play a couple songs. Honestly, every song on here is good, but I'll play uh, a couple of these like I have been. Um, I guess we'll start with, uh, let's start with a little bit of uh, Mariah. This is actually when they were going in for an audition. This was the song they did for the audition. And uh, Azaro, the after most wanted. this ad, in three seconds, I will skip the ad and we can play this song. And uh, here we go. <laughs> great song and a great movie and by the way this this uh, movie has a character and his name is Rick Diesel if that isn't a fucking great name I don't know what it is thanks there you go um, another song here I'm going to play uh, I, I'm a, I've always said before I love songs with heavy guitar and especially the blues guitar and this is a song where at the beginning of the movie he goes into a bar and he starts playing with this Rick Diesel guy, um, and he start he, and Rick Diesel comes up to him and he's like, you know, and blah blah. Do you play? And he's like, yeah, I play. And uh, he kind of shits on Rick Diesel a little bit, and he gets up there and shows him up, and this is the song he plays before he freaks out a little bit. 
Um, let me jump into that next song, see if there's an ad. There is not, so we can hit pause. We can jump this volume up. And uh, this song is called Garden of Eden. And uh, there you go. I fucking love that blues sound. There you go. I do, man. That's that's one of the reasons I like ZZ Top. They have that that heavy guitar. That and George Thurgood. I mean, I know it's all kind of rednecky rock, but I like it all. <laughs> I really do. I always have and always will. Nothing I can do about it. Um, but a lot of really good. Honestly, I could play every song on this soundtrack. Every single one of them is great. Um, but uh, I'm not going to do that. But yeah, great, great soundtrack. Um, and they actually do have like this little 50s party and they do a quick little 50s type, you know, song. I'll play a little bit of that real quick and then we'll jump into uh, that last one, Smart. So I'll play this real fast. Here we go. Oh, and of course, there's a fucking ad. God damn these ads. Mm-hmm. Always, always nice. messing it up. Tie up some loose ends real quick while we wait for the ad. The Steven Seagal movie uh, that you reviewed was Maximum Conviction from 2012. There it was, and I just watched a Disney commercial with David Batista in it on a boat. Very nice. On a boat fishing. Anyway, here's the song I was talking about. No, what the hell just happened? Another ad. If you don't click the ad, I was shocked by that. Here we go. Heart 
There you go. And I, I like that song, too. And I like that kind of music, too. So I like saxophone also, man. Any song with a good saxophone I like. That's one of the reasons I liked a lot of the Bruce Springsteen songs was the fucking heavy, the good saxophone in those songs, too. So, I mean, I don't personally like Bruce Springsteen himself, but his some of his songs are good. Let's just leave it at that. Um, well, there you have it. Uh-huh. There you have it, sir. Exactly. All right. So, Smark, let's jump right on to your last one. After my little Eddie and the Cruisers, you got one more right here. Um, and I accidentally closed that screen that we were going to play a couple off of, but uh, I'll put it back up in just a second here. No, no worries. Uh, so, it's again it's in the same situation that I kind of had before, where it's a more modern movie, but it's an older song. So the movie itself, 2014, the song 1973, the movie is Chef. It was on, uh, it had been on Netflix for a very long time, but it had just as of December got moved. It's on uh, IMDb TV if anybody's interested, but it's a real good movie. I enjoy it quite a bit. It's about a guy who was a, is a famous chef, but he ends up getting into it with a food critic and he basically gets like blackballed from like being an actual like restaurant, the restaurant industry. So he has to open up a food truck hmm. ends up using the food truck to bond with his son who he had kind of fallen out of touch with. And it's the, it goes by pretty quickly. It's a nice little romp. It's a comedy. And a little bit of, it has a little bit of a drama element to it, but primarily comedy. It's one of those like feel good movies that has a little, some substance to it too. It's not just all mindless fluff, but uh, the soundtrack in particular, there's a lot of it's Miami based. So you have a lot of Cuban music. You also have a lot of soul, a lot of jazz, things like that. There's all kinds of good songs on this soundtrack and in the movie. Uh, at one point they sing, it's uh, John Favreau in the movie with uh, John Leguizamo. And they're <laughs> singing the song Sexual Healing together, like the actual actors are. So it's a pretty cool little scene. Uh, I didn't opt for that one. The one that I opted for from this movie, again, 1973, Al Green, Tired of Being Alone. And here we are. You know, I'll tell you, 
make fun of the boomers while you want, whatever you want to call them, the old people, the elderly. Man, they had some great fucking music the back then. They did have some fucking good fucking music back then, man. That is some soulful shit right there by Al Green, man. That's great. They did have some good music, man. <laughs> they really grew up with some good shit and some real singers. I hate to tell you they didn't have all that shit to put in their mics like they do now. The voices you heard back in those days were their voices. Mm-hmm. Just pure power, pure soul. Uh, pure talent. In the movie that he... I'm sorry, go ahead. I said pure talent. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I Please, please go. I know words. No, but in, in the movie, he's uh, estranged. He he ended up having a daughter with uh, Sophia Vergara's in the movie, so that's extra incentive if you need any to check it out. Um and like so, kind of a, the, the song itself kind of applies to the situation that he's in with her, and they have a little bit of a will they, won't they get back together situation uh, throughout the movie. And then just like the reason why I decided to pick this was working. I I can kind of relate to it a little bit because I have never done anything like food truck related, but I have worked in restaurants for quite a while. Most of my adult life was spent working in restaurants and has been. And living in Tennessee, there's a lot of barbecue places. Ah. So naturally, when you live in Tennessee, you work in a barbecue place, you hear a lot of soul, you hear a lot of blues. So it's very much, I spent quite a bit of time listening to like, you know, Jackson 5 or listening to some Stevie Wonder, just things Mm. like that. Muddy Waters and shit, and just a lot of real good stuff that I might not have necessarily heard otherwise because of the, you know, age gap and time between when it came out to when I was born, but you get an appreciation for music like that and you know like i was saying that has some cuban music too and so you, when you end up working in a place where there's a lot of cross between you know like there's a lot of uh hispanic people that you work with and you get to kind of hear the music that they listen to and have an appreciation for that as well mm. so it, it definitely the soundtrack in the movie resonated with me the theme of the movie resonated with me and i'd recommend anybody check it out and even just check out the soundtrack because there's a lot of really fucking good songs all right yeah it sounds like something i definitely want to check out too man turn me on to some good stuff here to watch i'm liking it i'm liking it mm-hmm. i am most definitely but um all right so we've been through hours and i did say that uh i found this little youtube thing that had a bunch of 80s of course, I went with 80s. Um, I'm not going to play a bunch of them because it has about, uh, let's see, it's got uh, it's got 100 here. Um, <laughs> not going to play them all, I promise you. But I do want to play a few, a couple that have really um, basically stuck with a lot. I mean, iconic songs, obviously, I'm going to go ahead and play. But, I mean, let's just start with Ghostbusters, Mark. Oh, yes. Ray Parker Jr., Ghostbusters. I mean, you know, we we talked earlier about, you know, back when songs were written specifically for the movies. This was written for this movie. Now, let we not forget, Huey Lewis sued this man for this song because it sounded too much like I Want a New Drug. You know that, right? Hmm. He did. He did. I've heard the song before, but I'm not familiar with it enough to be able to, to compare and contrast. But now I really want either Huey Lewis or Ray Parker Jr. to do the Vanilla Ice thing, where he's sitting there and he's like, okay, their song is da-da-da-ding, da-da-da, and our song is. Yeah, uh, and, and meanwhile, Vanilla Ice, the beginning of his song is Queen, so fuck off. 
<laughs> oh, it's fucking hilarious, though, because it clearly is. He quite clearly ripped, or, well, sampled, I guess, yes, depending on how yes. you look at it, ripped them off or sampled. You be the judge. But, <laughs> um, it's funny to him, just like him doing the same thing, but like trying to make it sound different in the interview of him explaining it. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I, I, and I, I, I actually like Vanilla Ice. I, uh, he, the guy went through some shit. And if you ever saw him on that episode, or I'm sorry, the season of Surreal World, um, Surreal Life, I damn Surreal sure Life. did. Yes, you literally see him go through a a growing change very <laughs> late in the show. He really does, and all it took was for him to be in a karaoke bar and and start singing his song, and the crowd lost their fucking mind. Tried to put fucking Gary Coleman in a milkshake machine. Yeah, like, he, did, <laughs> he did. He did. He did. He did. And I. Uh, no, that was not the scene. That that wasn't the season China was on. No, that was a different season. But uh, and I know he's he's sort of found himself in some unfavorable light these days. But I remember that because uh, he had a budding friendship. It was like him and like I think Ron Jeremy. It was like also uh, yeah Eric Estrada. <clears throat> him and Eric Estrada became friends too during that season. Right. So it was pretty. Check yeah, uh, Eric Estrada has always been kind of a good guy. He's he's in on the joke on himself. Put it that way: the great hair, the look, everything. He's in on it. So it th- that's he, he was in an Eminem video. Really? For, uh, oh God, yeah. Damn it! Uh, I think it's called like "Just Lose It" or something like that. Um, and he gets like Eminem's doing. He's drunk and he's doing some like nefarious things. He ends up getting arrested, and so during the video when he's getting arrested, the cop pulls up on a bike and it's Eric Estrada. Ah, there you go, little chips reference. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got a, a a cameo in Van Wilder. Yeah, very nice. There you go. But let's start with the uh, Ray Parker Jr. song Ghostbusters. Obviously, this song written for the movie was a huge hit in itself. Just the song, you know, the whole soundtrack was actually a huge hit in itself. But let's go ahead and jam this one just for a little bit here. I forget how long, I forgot the intro was so damn long to this song. But here we go. And you don't know how happy I am that I'm actually watching the videos of these. I wish I could share these with you. Uh, but oh, I've seen the Ghostbusters video. It's, it's phenomenal. Oh, these are great. These are great. These old 80s videos. I miss them. I miss them so much. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that that was another huge you know, song for that album. Now, I did just mention Huey Lewis, Mark. Mm-hmm. Huey Lewis is actually known for a, a, a definite soundtrack in an 80s movie. Do you know what that is? I bet you do. Back to the Future. Yes, sir. He has a small cameo in that movie. And the song that uh, Michael J. Fox actually starts playing is this one right 
after this uh, ad real quick. I'm going to play. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. I shouldn't have depended on YouTube. But <laughs> oh, while you wait for that. Yeah, go ahead. I go sent ahead. I sent to you. I don't want you to play it. But in relation to that, if you like the Ghostbusters theme, I recommend people checking it out. There's a skit from Key and Peele where it's Ray Parker Jr. They're pretending to be Ray Parker Jr. Actually, <laughs> but it's like it's Ray Parker Jr.'s – he has more than just one. He has more than Ghostbusters under his belt. So it's a montage of him like it's like a Time Life collection of Ray Parker sings movie themes. And like the funny part is, is obviously he's singing it Ghostbusters style. But there's a lot of like really fucking dark movies that he picks oh. where it's just like – morbid and violent he's like singing like american history acts as ray parker and it's like oh. fucking hilarious <laughs> titanic and shit and there's all kinds of just it's it's why it's phenomenal it's hilarious but he d- it does some really dark movies it's wonderful oh i'll have to check that that sounds hilarious because i'm gonna have to watch that but anyway the power of loves mark was the song that we were uh just about to play and it is loaded up thank you for stalling for me i appreciate that sir here we go mm-hmm. Oh well, I mean, you gotta—he's gotta wake up first because it's right off the movie. So hold on. Here we go. go great movie great series uh the first one does almost turn into incest but it's a little weird but anyway um that's you know that's still a good movie though love these movies actually i forget which one it is but one of them like does get really dark where it's like i think it's the second one maybe where it's like he, the bully ends up like marrying his mom and shit, and it's like kind of implied that there's a there in like a abusive relationship. I was like, for a fucking movie yeah. that's like beloved as a family movie, this shit goes in some real dark places. Yeah, it was the second one. Uh, the third one was out in West, I believe, out West. Uh, the the the, yeah. the old West is exactly where uh, I believe the third one took place. But anyway, let's go ahead and get this uh, one more here. Um. I said we weren't going to end without playing. At least we were going to play this once before this show ended here. Um, and we have to play this. This is directly a piece from the movie. Again, There, this website uh, is a great little... It's called The Chef Dead Maniac for some... I don't know what that is, but if you want to go check out some of these. But we got to play Karate Kid. You're the best around right there. The end of the movie, he's kicking ass. He just starts getting it. He gets this little pep talk from Miyagi. We even get the pep talk from Pat Morita right here. Smart, what do you think of that? To get us all riled up. You ready? Absolutely. Are you ready? I mean, are are, are you prepared mentally for this? I'm adequately prepared to rock. Okay. Okay. I feel metaphysically wrinkle-free myself. So here we go. Oh, volume. Do defense. Point to come. Concentrate. Focus. Power. Remember balance. Make good fight. 
guard cost you a point. On guard. Ready? Come on. Guard. Eight. Elizabeth Shue. Oh. That's one point round kick. All right, here we go. There we go. Little Joe Esposito. I have never heard another song from this man. If you have, let me know, because I don't know any. Um, but, man, I, for, I forgot how hot Elizabeth Shue was. So hot. And, you know, you mentioned South Park earlier. They they incorporated this into one of their episodes, too. Huh. Really? Yeah. I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but, like, Randy Mars ends up getting into, like, Boxing or MMA or some shit. They do like a training montage. Hmm. Um, let's see. I'm going to take a shot in the dark here because I just looked up Joe Esposito on YouTube. Mm-hmm. He does a song called Lady, Lady, Lady from the Flashdance soundtrack. So like as you kind of mentioned before, oh. there's certain people that are just perpetual soundtrack singers. Soundtrack guys. Absolutely. All right. All right. There you go. Um, and obviously, they actually another one just popped up here with Elizabeth Shue co- cocktail, where uh, you get the Beach Boys and all those great songs from them in the, that movie too. Where the song he's apparently uh-huh. apparently was a big friend. He was uh, friends with Elvis, so there's like a two hour on YouTube like interview of him talking about being friends with Elvis. That's that Joe Esposito. I mean, it's a Joe Esposito. I don't know if it's the same guy. No, if that's the, that, I didn't know that was the same, you just shocked me if that's the same Joe Esposito, I know who that is with the Elvis crew, but I didn't, never thought it was the same guy. He was part of Elvis's crew. He was more than friends, he was part of the crew. Interesting. Well, I'm going some YouTube and after the show. Well... I'll have to get into that, but yeah, um, another movie, Cocktail, though, had tons. I mean, that's where the that song Kokomo by the Beach Boys was a huge song in the eighties. Um, I don't need to play it. We just I don't, don't let me look at Elizabeth Shue too much longer. Um, mm-hmm. But you know what? I mentioned this one earlier. I did. Why don't we go ahead and jam a little bit of this? I said Oingo Boingo in that movie Back to School played uh, Dead Man's Party and. Uh, uh, there's probably an ad, which there is, but uh, it's only two seconds longer, and then we'll get into it. So I'll go ahead and play that real quick.
There you go. You ever heard? You probably haven't heard that one. I have not. I didn't think so. I didn't think so, Smark, but that's okay. That's all right. Let me roll through here and see if there's any more we need to play right here. I mean, we mentioned Kenny Loggins. We probably should play one of them, right, at least. Like maybe the Caddyshack theme. Mm-hmm. All right, we can do that real quick. Tell me there's not another ad. Tell me there's not. Nope. Maybe. This is the song. Just there's a little parts of the movie playing real quick. Right now we're looking at Bill Murray. Is it gonna start? <laughs> Forty seconds in, we're still hearing this. Oh, here we go. Maybe. Yep. There we go. Had to play a little of that. And you know what? We can end on one more, Smart. All right. How about Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Another movie kind of known for a few songs, but known for mainly one song. Um, A song by a band called Yellow. And here we go. you've heard that one <laughs> everyone has heard that one. i think everybody's heard that song right there everybody in the world <laughs> has heard that song it's a great song and a really really i mean another i guess you'd call that an iconic movie too what i love specifically about that song is that there's never a situation that words it because <laughs> like you would not sit there like you had a barbecue or like getting some drinks with some friends and be like hey you know what i want to hear right now and then you play that or like I just imagine the idea of you trying to set the tone, you know, like get some candles lit in the room, you put you know put on the silk sheets, you're gonna have yourself a time. You lower the lights and you're like, all right, baby, here we go. And you start playing that. Oh, there you go. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> the idea of somebody actually fucking to that song is hilarious to me. Well, I mean, if you don't come when he goes, oh, yeah, you're just screwed. I mean, it's got, it really, you have, it, it, it's a song that forces you to actually be in sync, which was horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, metronome effect. I get it. <laughs> I'm just saying. It, it really just does. Um, anyway, I think we can go ahead and wrap up on that. <laughs> as good of a way as ever. All right. This was fun, as I knew it would be. Um, definitely uh, uh, was a good idea. I appreciate you doing this, Mark. Um, let's go ahead and play this and <clears throat> play a little outro for us here, and we will uh, jump right into the plugs one last time and wrap this bad boy up properly for y'all, which, of course, gets me right into the high mark. That's right. Once again, Cheese Man and Mojo and G-Wiz, you can catch them Sunday nights, 8.30 p.m. on the Mixler.com slash Metal Mitt Network. That's right. Two T's and Mitt. Don't forget to do that and you can get them on youtube also on the same metal mitt network and of course you got bobby anthem bobby blades they are the inhumans checked out the inhuman experience on any and all podcast platforms and eric doug and daniel they're on the unscripted wrestling podcast you definitely everything unscripted wrestling podcast definitely want to be checking out those guys blog talk radio and wherever you find your podcasts and check out Stephen Milan reviewing movies, letterboxd, boxd.com slash Stephen Milan. There's two wells in Milan. And don't forget to check out me and Smart back once again Wednesday night. We'll be right here, mixler.com slash dirt sheet dudes, talking all your wrestling news and needs. And that is right around 10 15 p.m. Eastern time. Go for it, Smart. Wrap it up. Yes, sir. Mondays, 8.30 p.m. on the Metal Mitt Podcast Network, on the Mixer Machine, and wherever you get your gosh darn podcasts. It's Cheese on Sports with Cheese Man, G-Wiz, Luke Birch, and myself. We're talking sports. And Sundays, 2.30 p.m. on the Metal Mitt Podcast Network, on the Mixer Machine. It is the Modric City Machine Guns with Mojo, with Dirt. And the last, but never least, be sure to check out our friends at Planet Rack on Tour. The Planet Rack on Tour podcast about the anthem, Pavitate, Sincere, and Young Nasty. All 16 episodes of Season 1 are available for you, as well as Season 2, so be sure to subscribe. There you go. That's it, man. That was good. That was fun. And on that note, see ya! Adios.